Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of ModernWell, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, and I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being, and I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? Julie, Julie! Stephanie, happy Friday! Happy freezing Friday! Gosh, whatever day it might be to our listeners, it's Friday right now, right here for us, and it is cold, okay? It's March, and it's Minnesota, and it's freezing, and we're over it. Yes, and it's usually around this time, usually for me, it's February, where I'm like, why? Why America? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do a couple quick trips and I was just in Chicago and it was like 65 degrees and glorious, but we love Minnesota yeah, and we love the people. Um, I always try to remind myself, don't act new. Like you did know it was going to be cold in March. You knew it was going to be cold. So, you know, this wasn't a secret. So Julie, yes, a little bit about um, our guest today. This story is so exciting because I, I love the twist. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. listeners, uh, today's guest is Cheryl K. Johnson. Um, And so Cheryl was a research director from a land that many of us know well, the land of corporate America. And as is often the case in the stories that we tell here on her next chapter, our corporate Americans have made some sort of a shift. But let me tell you about Cheryl's shift. Did Cheryl shift to consulting? No. Did Cheryl shift to um, starting a spa? No. Let's talk about Cheryl's shift. Cheryl was a research director, as I said, for nearly 20 years until boxing training gave her the courage to leave corporate life for something that felt more like her true self. And I'm just going to pause there on on Cheryl's background because I think this is like the essence of what we're talking about at her next chapter, right? Mm -hmm. You are doing your thing and then you step into something else and you say, this could be something that I could do something else with because I love it. And so through box lunch lifestyle, which Cheryl will tell us more about, she now helps people realize that richer more satisfying lives aren't as distant as they seem, which again is the essence of what we talk about here on her next chapter. So without further ado, I am so excited to have Cheryl tell us about making this change with box lunch lifestyle. And then um, in Cheryl's bio, she secretly loves grocery stores and friends. I secretly love grocery stores. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's because I worked for General Mills and I don't know. But Cheryl, welcome to her next chapter. Welcome, Cheryl. Oh, thank you. I, I'm I'm 
I thank you for letting me join today. I, you have such fun and interesting conversations with your guests, and I've I've really been looking forward to ours. Oh yay! Thank We're you excited for to so have you. Grocery shopping, you. boxing. I mean, so many things. So okay, many Steph, things. just let's just hold with the, the grocery store thing for one second. Okay. So <laughs> I know, I know, I, I, okay. I know. It's... Because there, there are there are there are two different kinds of grocery people, grocery store people. There one, there's one kind that is like my husband, who goes down every aisle, every single aisle, mm-hmm. I, like just I, that. Just must be like I don't know, happy. Pl- I, I have a list. I have a destination. I have, I'm getting my stuff. I'll see a few things here and there. That's like, oh, okay. That, and then I'm out. Are you going down every aisle? Oh, I like to meet you and David. Oh my gosh. We'd never see you again. But I also like to see what other people are buying. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not only looking at what's on the shelves, but I'm looking at what else is in people's carts. Oh I, I now Cheryl, you have to tell us what kind of Cheryl. What are a you? Different. Well, here, here's the thing: is that it really depends on what kind of store I'm in, and I think what I part of what fascinates me is. When you travel, for example, if you're in another country and you go into their grocery store, you learn so much about these people because this isn't the what we should be doing to show people what our culture looks like. This is these are the choices people make every day. And what's even more interesting to me is when you go into uh, go into gas stations or convenience stores in a city you've never been in. And you will see food that you did not know existed, but this is this is everyday life. So it really tells you something about the people and the culture and uh, what they seek when they're looking for convenience or something that fits into their lifestyle. Um, and I will confess that I like being in grocery stores so much that before the pandemic, I I worked at Whole Foods Market and. I loved it because I couldn't believe they were paying me to be in the store for 10 hours. <laughs> I loved it because I, I knew where everything was. I knew what was new. I knew it was on sale. I knew the kind of questions people asked. And it was and it was really a fascinating look at typical life for a lot of people. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I think Cheryl's answer was a little bit more profound than what you and I were, were dishing <laughs> I up think today. So. Cheryl's was a little I bit more so. profound. I think she went a little okay. deeper. Yes. <laughs> I've so just Cheryl. had to justify it more to my husband maybe than you have. So yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. I'm going to steal your answer because it sounds way better than mine. Because sometimes the answer is I just need to get away. Right, so, right. Hang out in the grocery store with my peeps. Okay, Cheryl. Tell us, we want to hear about from research to boxing, but first reinvention. What does reinvention, what does that word mean to you? For me, reinvention requires risk. When we're changing or we feel ready for change or we think something in our environment should change, it involves taking some kind of chance, right? And I think we're especially vulnerable when it comes to risks that reveal personal nature. You know, it's those those quirky uh, individual pursuits that really make us interesting people. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the world may not understand this. And 
But I think that that kind of reinvention, you know, the kind that's most satisfying, it gives us the opportunity to be those quirky, interesting selves. I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh, yes. So tell us, we have certainly heard stories of, you know, folks, particularly in corporate jobs, kind of finding their next true calling. And typically that calling is corporate career adjacent, right? So it's one step away. And so tell us, boxing, you did it, you liked it, and now it's become your thing. And how and why? So many questions. Walk <laughs> so many it. questions. So many questions. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> this, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll explore this together. Because I, I bet a lot of your listeners, like you're saying stuff, they, they have full lives. They have good jobs. I mean, they have jobs that they've worked hard to get and they like the people and it's, you know, it's decent work and they might even be being paid fairly. But you find yourself more and more sitting there just feeling a little bored or you're kind of tired of the corporate culture or you just feel busy all the time, but you're not moving towards something. You're not moving, uh, you don't feel like you're moving towards something or maybe something that doesn't matter to you the same way it used to matter to you. And everything looks great on paper, right? And at the end of the day, you're asking yourself, is this all there is? <laughs> because that was me. So that was me when I was in a comfortable job in a role that I'd worked for, I'd worked towards that role for 20 years, but I was restless. I, my work days felt like a slog. So like what you were saying, I started looking around. You know, there, there, there's gotta be something else I can be doing that's more satisfying. And I think partly because we didn't have a lot of resources when I was a kid, my default mindset is to play it safe, that you make things work, you be careful, you don't take a lot of chances. So while I'm cautiously trying to figure out my next career move, you know, I was still doing a pretty good job of taking care of myself physically. I saw a counselor and I'd always been a gym person. So way back when everybody was doing step aerobics, I was doing mm -hmm. step aerobics and then I did long distance biking and I did bar. And then when spinning was the hardest thing, I, I did spinning for a while and then I taught spinning for a while and I loved that. And you know, so I'm always looking for something new. So at my gym, at the same time when I'm trying to figure out all this work stuff, my gym offered a class called Intro to Boxing. And this was not kickboxing. This is this is Muhammad Ali boxing, right? <laughs> and I thought this was the coolest thing ever. And I, I'm sure I was the first person who signed up for this. And the, the class was small, it was great. It was these two young guys who started boxing, a boxing program for the UW system. And there were no formalities, there was no polish. You just showed up and you put on the gear and if they said to do the push-ups, you did the push-ups, you did the sit-ups, you just did whatever you were told. And it was hard and I loved it. I just, I just loved it. And the whole time I'm doing this, I'm thinking, why do I love this? <laughs> I mean, why, why boxing? I mean, I didn't know anything about the sport. 
I, I'd never watched anything. I, I didn't know anybody who boxed or was into boxing. I'd only seen Muhammad Ali on late night TV or whatever. And, and this is a controversial sport, right? For a lot of people, there, there are risks. So why did I want to do this? I, I didn't know, but I just, I just loved doing it. But here's the thing. And if this is the only thing people remember from our conversation, <laughs> I hope it's this. It's that there is something that happens when you go for those things that matter just because you're curious. I think something happens when you take that uh, sometimes even really small risk to just act on it and act on it just because no matter what anybody else thinks. Because for me, it turns out that I love boxing because there's really a lot about boxing that reflects my values, like things that I really believe in. Uh, so for example, uh, doesn't matter what you wear, doesn't matter where you grew up, doesn't matter what you have. What matters is uh, when you get in the ring, you get in there with the kind of investment you've made in yourself to get there. That's it. And you get credit for that and for doing your honest best. So to me, you know, so that takes strength and it takes courage. And I think that feels a lot like life. <laughs> and I couldn't have known that. I mean, this wasn't a decision that I made when I signed up for the class, right? Like, oh, boxing, this is, you know, this is just like me. I didn't have any idea. I, I didn't see it when I signed up for it. But the energy you get from pursuing those things that you're just drawn to, I mean, it really, it can be really life-changing. And I call those things, I call those things second place dreams. So first place dreams, these are the, these are the big things. These are the public things, right? They're the big things like your career, your marriage, or being in the Olympics, or they're, they're the kinds of things or goals that you tell people about. But your second place dreams, these are those quiet aspirations. These are the things that feed us personally. And when you pursue those things, however you pursue them, it, it means that you're showing up for your most personal self. And that gives you a different kind of confidence. So when you come back to my restlessness at work, if I hadn't been training as a boxer, I would not have had the confidence or the support to try to make changes in my job. And when that didn't work, to eventually take the chance of leaving it all together to pursue something that felt more like me at this point in my life, which is to write my book and to help other people see how, even if your day's feeling like a slog, you can start investing in yourself in a small way almost every day by being strategic about your workday lunch. Ooh, and there's there's the segue to your book, huh? <laughs> and there it is. Okay, but let's yes. just let's just let's just talk about the boxing for just one second here. Yeah. So like the thing that draws me and like I just the idea of like punching, it's it actually is really exciting to me. <laughs> like just just and like her. from like a just Oh, like, I mean, just, just letting the emotions and letting, letting just like, it, it feels, 
I've only taken like um like kickboxing classes. I've never taken mm-hmm. like a boxing class, but mm-hmm. I have thought about it. But I would imagine that just like that adrenaline rush and the release of emotions and 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 not just like like from like angry like I want to hit something or someone, right. but right. just like oh like just getting it out. Like I just think that seems so um like cathartic and and empowering. Um, it is, and you've right? nailed it there. It's power. Mm-hmm. It's power when you throw that punch and it lands and you feel it and you feel how strong you are. It's power. And there are a lot of times, I think, in our adult lives that you know you just don't get to experience that kind of just sheer power. Mm-hmm. And it's especially it's really, for women too, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I do think that even though the sport of boxing is really about discipline and movement and strategy, you know, there is, um, you know, there, there is, you can use it as a, as a way to vent too. There are times when I, I just, there are days when you need a heavy bag, right? I just need to hit something. (laughs) But, but again, where, where do we have those opportunities to just express sheer anger in a way that doesn't impact anybody else mm-hmm. i can just be mad at this bag mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all and have a win. punching bag in our in our rooms or something right just to get yeah. yes. get that out yes box lunch lifestyle the book how did you know like i guess my first question is oftentimes it's hard to figure out what's just a passion that i like to do and i kind of it's my side thing versus I'm going to take this thing and kind of bring it into my, I'm going to move it from second place to first place. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder what, what, what did that look like for you? And then tell us a little bit more about the book. Well, and I think, I think the second place dream uh, decision or choices, it's so different for, for, every person it really is that you know what is that thing that you're curious about just because you're curious and not um, for the purpose of making an impression or uh, for mastery the way we think of mastery in terms of the 10,000 hours kind of mastery it really is a chance to say um, like where uh, especially in the middle of a busy work day where is my opportunity to express the the me that I've always told myself I'm going to be? Because you're you're already doing probably the family thing. You're already being really responsible in your work. But those things that you want just for yourself and and for some people that's just a breath of fresh air. Some for some people that's finally putting the pictures in the scrapbook. <laughs> you know, for some people it's finally picking up the mandolin or picking up the mandolin and realize that you really hate the mandolin, <laughs> but then, but then, you know, right. You're not spending your life saying, Oh, I was going to do this thing, or I wanted to be this thing. You know, what are those things that you've always just been curious about? You can ask yourself questions like if I had a day that nobody else knew about, nobody else knew about this day. It was just me how would I spend it? What would I like to do? And, and that is sometimes a, 
a pure pleasure kind of thing, but more often it's the kind of thing that, you know, uh, for example, like Gretchen Rubin will talk about is a, it's something that's growth related. Those are the things that really feel satisfying. So the nice thing about the workday lunch is that it's short, it's playful, it's a combination of the decisions we make about what we eat and how we spend our time. Because that is kind of a micro, it's, it's a little snapshot of lifestyle, right? These are the choices that you gotta make every day, no matter what. You gotta decide what to eat and you gotta decide how to spend your time. And so, so think, about, think about your last workday lunch. So people who are listening, think about your last workday lunch. What were you eating? What were you putting into your body? And how were you spending your time? And for most, you know, and maybe somebody will say, oh, well, my last one wasn't typical, so that doesn't really count. For most of us, when you look at a workday lunch, it really is what a typical day looks like. It, it might be a convenience thing. It might be running errands while we're, you know, while we're eating something in our car. It, it's a way to, um, it's a way to reframe lifestyle into something that's manageable and not about weight loss and not about necessarily passion in a bigger sense, but to say those things that make us satisfied at the end of the day, you know, maybe just being a little prouder about what we eat and maybe being a little bit prouder about being intentional or mindful about how we spend that time, that 30 minute lunch break in the middle of when the whole world is telling you you should be doing something else, right? <laughs> it's 15 minutes to eat something that you made for yourself, you're proud of, and 15 minutes to pursue that second place dream. You have the food part and the time part, and it turns into this virtuous cycle of, you know, eventually your body is getting a little bit stronger because maybe you're eating something more than, you know, some people are just drinking a diet soda at lunch. It might work for a while, but what you want is the body and brain to help you make the kind of choices, right? And defend the time for yourself and care for yourself. And eventually you will get strong in that way. And if you're struggling maybe with the food part, having something to look forward to, this little you know, recess in the middle of the day, it's kind of nice to pair those things together. And that's also what it tells us about from habit research, right? To pair those things together and have a, a specific time and place to really practice those things that we all, we all want to do. I mean, we all kind of have an idea of, you know, what better food looks like and, you know, what maybe, you know, the equivalent of junk food of time looks like, but where do we practice those things? You can, you can do it at lunch on a tiny scale. And if you did it just at lunch, just for one day, that's a win. Yeah. And I also think about like, you know, like busy, you know, moms, like even moms who are staying home with, with young kids. Right. And, and it was always, I remember when I had, you know, my, my little ones and the, the moms would joke about like, oh, lunch was, um, you know, peanut butter and jelly crusts, right? Like, we, <laughs> like, we would just like stand over the kids, like, you know, as we're cutting the crusts off of their peanut butter jelly sandwiches, like that, that was, that was lunch, right? But I love what you're saying about 
you know, just being more intentional and mindful about how and 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 what we're eating and then and and it's not sometimes as as a busy mom you don't always have those like structured breaks right but to carve that out somehow some way um in, in your day i think is is just it's really it's really powerful and it it doesn't um it doesn't have to be you know hours and hours it, it, you know it, right. it can just be even moments. <laughs> right? right. And it doesn't have to be every day for the rest of your life either. Yeah, so right. if you're thinking about right. making small improvements, even on work days or whatever weekdays typically are, it's not every day. There's no, there's no breaking the chain. There's no penalty for, I didn't do this one day. So you do it the next day. I mean, it happens right. because it's, it's another really, uh, wonderful thing that I've heard people say about this kind of practice is that it's also a chance to to give ourselves credit for what we do do because you know maybe that day you yeah maybe the peanut butter and jelly crust maybe that's as good as it gets but you did find <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes later to you know to read Colson Whitehead or you found you know time to actually get outside on your own or to finally plant seeds for something, whatever that is, whatever mm -hmm. that is. But I think too that, um, yeah, that's another part of this that really fuels this virtuous cycle is that you know when you've shown up and given it your honest best and only you know that, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter what kind of, you know, eating plan or whatever kind of, you know, apps you're using, whatever, you know when you're phoning it in. and. If you're not phoning it in, if it really is the best you could do for that day, we really need to feel like feel like give yourself credit for that and be proud of that because that counts. If that's as good as it got for that day, that's a win. And we um, it, it's good for us as adults and as women to be able to do that for ourselves. Just thinking about my corporate you know, life and my lunches and many of them didn't happen either because. I was in a meeting at lunch mm -hmm. and there was probably a box lunch, but you're eating and meeting, right? Or I didn't eat, right? So I just answered emails and was like, okay, I'm going to eat at 1230. Oh, but I just got one more email. I'll eat at 1245. I just got one more email. And then I'm going to race down to the cafeteria, but the cafeteria is now closed. So my options are, you know, a bag of potato chips and you know, something at the, you know, vending machine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was time that I didn't appreciate. I, in, in, in many cases, squandered. Um, and in some cases, it just didn't happen. I was like, food, what food? And then imagine right. for a second, if you haven't eaten since 8 a.m., now it's oh. 3 p.m. Absolutely. No, I can I can tell this story of, of uh, there was a person that I worked with in my previous position. And I would often find myself in a meeting with this person around three or 3.30. And that person at the time was starting to eat a low fat yogurt and kind of saying, I've just been in meetings all day and this is the first chance I've had. And I thought, wow, your brain is starving right now. <laughs> what, what kind of decisions are we gonna make? And even, even more importantly, because 
you know, the, the idea of backslash lifestyle isn't specifically about productivity at work, although it doesn't hurt. But what it means is if you can feed yourself like physically and spiritually during the day, then you're also not running on fumes when you get home, mm -hmm. right? Because you're, you're working hard. I mean, whether it's uh, knowledge work or physical work or, you know, uh, caregiver work, it, you want to you wanna have something left over at the end of the day for the rest of life because it's, it's not just about work. And when we're in our, you know, in our, our sunset years and we're on the rocking chair, in the rocking chair looking back on it, I mean, we're not going to be proud of clearing the inbox, right? We're going to be proud of those experiences that we have. And we, and we should have energy to do those kinds of things too. It's, it's not, it's not unfair to ask work to meet us halfway. So tell us what's next for you? What's next for box lunch lifestyle? Oh, that's such a good question. I wish I had an answer for that. <laughs> I, so, so the next year, I mean, it's it's been a really busy time with the launch of the book. Um, so things will quiet down a little bit, but a lot of my my time will be spent talking to new audiences and sharing this idea with them. And I do think that uh, to the extent that this idea and kind of the attitude of the book really it really reflects me. I think it will be. My hope is that it will open doors for me to connect with like-minded people who are doing interesting projects that I can I can contribute to, or that Box Lunch Lifestyle can help them advance their missions. What is it that they're encouraging people? How are they encouraging people that they work with to invest in themselves? And how can they use this? I mean, it's lunch. I mean, there's like you, you can uh, go on the website at boxlunchlifestyle.com. And if you, if you go to backslash giveaway, boxlunchlifestyle.com backslash giveaway, you can download a three-page cheat sheet that's everything you need to know. I mean, the book is nice, but it's lunch. I mean, why are we not already doing this, right? <laughs> so you can, I'm hoping that people will find ways to use this to help them help people in their lives grow the way they want to. Um, so that's that's what's next for Box Lunch Lifestyle for me personally. I think that the last few years has, have probably shown all of us that uh, what happens next will be in part uh, whatever comes to me. I used to think that I had a lot more control <laughs> over that <laughs> and that I could plan and make it happen. And if I just worked hard enough, it would all come together. But you know, it's just not, it's not how it works. It's kind of the way, you know, like these second place dreams, they come to us, right? We're not, we're not seeking these things out. Like I, I was not looking for boxing. Boxing came to me and, and totally changed my life. It changed my relationship with food. It connected me with a, a gym community that I, I call my boxing family. I mean, these people, I'm very close to these people, um, learned a ton, um, so I'm not I'm not sure what happens next, but my goal is to pay attention and be ready and be ready to show up when they when they happen. Wonderful. Last question: um, What advice do you have for our listeners who are maybe feeling a little bit stuck, stale, bored? 
what did it really take for you to to make that make a change and 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 what advice do you have for people who are maybe just feeling scared or um just not confident in in making a change that maybe they know that they need in their life um i i might i might borrow from tim ferris and ask them what what would it look like if this were easy <laughs> so whatever it is that you're trying to do or you want to do and you think you know it's it's just not possible or i don't know how to do this or i don't have the right kind of support there's something that i call sneaky quitting because i have a very low threshold for excuses i just there there are a lot of things that i th- i think that we're capable of and we're stronger than we think and there's there's a kind of quitting that's kind of quitting before you start and we just encourage people to not not shortchange themselves of that like what is the small thing that you can do and the thing about lunch is that if you if you plan one better work lunch and you make the food yourself doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be something that's not handed to you through the window of your car, right? If you take 15 minutes to do something that's intentional and feels satisfying and interesting to you, kind of in the like, oh, you know what would be cool if I could do whatever that is. Like just one step. If you if you do that for just one lunch, just try it one day, what you're doing with even that practice is revealing some fundamental truths about yourself to yourself, meaning things like you are the expert on you, you know what you need, and that you are a person who keeps your promises because you can show up for yourself. It only takes that one time. And I think that the more you practice that, the more those kind of truths reveal themselves to you. And it makes the next step towards what you want even easier. That's great. One lunch. We can all do that, right? One lunch. (laughs) (laughs) We've got it. (laughs) We should be able to make that happen. You know, I always remind myself, these kids are eating. And usually because I'm making a lunch. So I can't make something for myself when I'm there too. It's like, how did she just get this amazing fruit salad? And I'm now, you know, Exactly. Maybe not eating. Exactly. Right? Like, well, and and you just and think you would never, you would never tell your toddler or your grandmother that it was okay that they weren't going to eat lunch. I know you're hungry, but it's you'll be fine. <laughs> just, just you would never just do have that. some you, coffee. <laughs> Here, honey. Exactly. No, you'll be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. You would never do yes, that. So you, you deserve that. And, that, that. and you know, and that's the, you know, the, the, the win back the life of you, you deserve as part of the book title. It's like, I really do think that you deserve that. And it's a small thing. And um, it's right there. Yeah. We deserve a lot. Yes. Doggone it. Thank you Cheryl, so much, thank you. Cheryl. Boxlunchlifestyle.com, my friends. Um, check it out, boxlunchlifestyle.com backslash giveaway, as Cheryl mentioned. We are so delighted to have you now as a member of our Her Next Chapter family. Um, it's been such a delight to hear your story. Um, I'm inspired to do better, as I am often inspired, um, because we bring in such 
inspiring people. So thank you, Cheryl, so much. It was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thanks, Cheryl. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.